0: Life Audio.
1: Hey there, friend. Welcome to the Compared to You Show. I'm Heather Creekmore, and today is one of my intuitive eating coaching calls. Yep, you get to spy on me as I get some, I would say, solid advice from my friends Aaron Todd and Charlie Kessel from the Intuitive Eating for Christian Women podcast. We're going to talk about why I run to the kitchen when I have a headache. We're going to talk about holiday food and holiday food cravings. And we're going to just talk about my journey, how it's taken me a lot longer than I ever expected to get to where I'm at today in my relationship with food. So I hope by hearing my session that you are encouraged in your own walk to body image and food freedom. Hey, the body image freedom framework online course, online coaching program is going to be on sale during Thanksgiving week and a couple weeks after. And I hope you will check it out because it's the lowest price I've offered it for yet. And you can use the code thankful on improvebodyimage.com. And friend, I want you to grab it because I want you to find freedom. I can't wait to share with you the stories of the women who are going through this course right now for the first time. It's a brand new course. I've never offered it in this way before. But they are being blessed, they are being changed, and we're doing good work together. And I want that for you too. So maybe this is your Christmas present to yourself, or maybe you just tell your husband or your mom or someone else in your life, like, hey. You can just get me this and you can save 30% using the code thankful, but only for the next couple weeks. So go stake that out. If you want to do group coaching, you can start the online course like the day you buy it, (laughs) but the groups will begin in January. But don't be afraid of signing up for group coaching just because it's a couple months off. You can dig in, do your own work with the online course, and then get the coaching component in January when that begins, if you like. Also, I've got a brand new book coming out, 40 Day Body Image Workbooks coming out out next month i hope you'll check that out too let's get to the ratio the pressure is off. If you're looking for real talk, biblical encouragement, and regular reminders that God loves you and you're not alone, you've come to the right place. I hope you enjoy today's show and hey, tell a friend about it. Hey there. Well, welcome to one of my intuitive eating coaching calls. We've been doing these. How long have we been doing this? Y'all like, are we on year two? I think we so. We finished two, You're year, two years? Yeah. Have we done this for two years already? Where is time going? Um, but you know what? It's kind of fun, because I was actually thinking about as I was thinking about like some of the things maybe I wanted to bring up today, I was thinking about some things I brought up two years ago in our very first coaching call and like there's some change that's happened. So yeah, but if if you are joining us for the first time for one of these intuitive eating coaching calls, let me introduce my coaches, Charlie Castle and Aaron Todd. They're from the intuitive eating for Christian women podcast. And, um, it's a great show. If you've not listened yet, go over there and check that show out, but, um, they're intuitive eating experts (laughs) and (laughs) they're helping me because, I'll be honest with you, Like the food side of my journey came after the body image side of my journey. And frankly, when I started my body image journey, I didn't even know my food needed to be touched. So mm-hmm. it was kind of a <laughs> shocking blow to me in some ways. But uh, they've, they've been helping me over the last couple of years. And I think uh, listening to the past calls we've done, so there's there's probably 10, 12, maybe more episodes that are labeled intuitive eating coaching call that are available uh, in the podcast tab. So go check those out. And uh, you just may learn something interesting. Or you'll just hear my <laughs> struggles with food. And that might be amusing to you too. So anyway, Shar, get us started today.
0: <laughs> yeah, so it has been a little bit since we've yeah. had a check in. So Let's, let's talk about like, what's really working for you with intuitive eating, what's maybe not working or still needing some fine tuning. Like, give me a, give me a quick run through of where you're feeling with the principles maybe.
1: Yeah. So I think what's really working is (laughs) it's really mind blowing that it's working in some ways. Um, It is not having any mental restriction really does matter. And I don't know when we started this two years ago, and I'd say my intuitive eating journey probably started maybe a little bit before that. I don't don't remember timelines, but maybe a year before that I was kind of, I'd read the book and was kind of trying to follow it. But I really, you know, I I think I kept convincing myself I had arrived at that point. right? Like, yeah. I'm not mentally restricting. I'm not mentally restricting. Oh, and you know, and I'd have a victory and be like, see, I'm not mentally restricting. And then I'd have a, I don't, it's not a failure in intuitive eating, but, yeah. but I'd have a relapse of some, whatever you want to call that. Right. Um, I think in the first episode we did, I talked about um buying the Costco size, <coughs> Costco size uh, bags of chocolate for my class. I uh, guess I was teaching a homeschool class, and I was like giving them candy as like rewards for various things, and um, and that would sit in my office. And if I was stressed out, you know, it wasn't just one or two or three or four of those little pieces that disappeared. It was yeah. often a whole lot more than that.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And it's never, you know, I, you know, I've worked with Amy Carlson a lot around like kind of definitions of eating disorder Mm -hmm. kind of things, and it would never have qualified as a binge, Mm -hmm. but it was bingey. And I think it was bingey because of that principle number one the mental restriction like I'm not supposed to have this and even though I wasn't where I used to be which would have been like oh I'm supposed to be on a diet I'm not supposed to be eating this like chocolate bad chocolate bad chocolate bad okay I'm gonna eat it all and then I won't eat it tomorrow or I'll Mm -hmm. eat it all so it'll be gone and I won't have the option to eat it tomorrow Mm -hmm. it wasn't that like I had moved past that but it was just the still fuzzy area of of potential mental restriction that would just, I don't know, come back like a warm, fuzzy blanket <laughs> that I carried with me for a long yeah, time.
0: Yeah. I feel like I'm starting to get a pulse on like what's happening here. Okay, Like I've been walking with people a lot and seeing this and been like, okay, like there's this mental restriction in the background. There's something going on here. And I think what happens is when we talk about unconditional permission to eat and uh, right along with that, we talk about habituation with foods, right? Mm-hmm. So like you have unconditional permission to eat and if you allow all the foods, they kind of lose their specialness and eventually you won't want them as much and they'll kind of neutralize and you'll have a pretty balanced way of eating just naturally. I think for someone walking out of diet culture, they, you know, trying to fresh out of that, they hear, Oh, I'll allow myself to eat all the things. The goal is to eventually eat less of the things, mm-hmm. and then I might lose weight, mm-hmm. or then, right? So they give that we give permission to eat the foods, but the goal in the back of our mind is to eventually eat less of it. Mm-hmm. And that's restriction. And so even if it's not conscious for you, you just, it feels kind of compulsive. You're like, what's going on? These foods don't even taste good anymore, or I'm not feeling well eating them, but I just keep eating them like habituation's not happening. What's going on? And I think it's this idea that the goal is eventually I need to eat less of these things for health or for whatever. And so I've been working with people so much recently on like, let's like talk to ourselves. Like I'll say, like Charlie, you can have chocolate for the rest of your life. Mm-hmm. Nobody's ever taking it away. Um, so I, I think maybe that's the shift kind of that's happening for you. Is Am I hearing that? I think definitely.
1: Yeah, because like, so recording this right after Halloween and I've had, I've probably even reported on the show about Halloween triumphs before. Mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. I've had mm-hmm. Halloween triumphs and I hate to say this because I don't want anyone to compare or feel bad that they didn't do this or whatever. Um, so now I'm considering, should I show this? <laughs> it's helpful. I don't want, I don't want this to be harmful, but, but perhaps it will give someone hope. Mm-hmm. I ate three pieces of Halloween candy and we didn't have any trick-or-treaters. So there were so, so much Halloween candy because I bought some and then kids came back with some and I had three pieces. And it wasn't because I was restricting. It was literally, I ate one and I was like, are they doing like, I don't know. That's a whole nother thing But I feel like they're doing something to like Hershey's. I do not feel like Hershey's chocolate tastes like it used to taste before. Mm-hmm. Like it just does not taste as good. And maybe that's me. Maybe maybe that's, mm-hmm. I don't know, GMOs or something. But It just doesn't taste the same to me anymore. And so I just wasn't interested. And so that's, that's been a shift, right? But that, and then we've been buying, I've been buying, there's a certain kind of ice cream. We love Tillamook ice cream, just love Tillamook ice cream. And there's one flavor called mudslide and it has these huge dark chocolate chunks in it. And they're kind of salty and my kids love it too. And I have a 17 year old son and you know, when they're 17, they eat a lot. And so he'll have some in the afternoon and then I'll have some in the evening. So it goes pretty fast when you're sharing with a 17-year-old. Mm-hmm. And and my old mindset, my old, it's I guess it's a scarcity mindset would have been, I got to make sure I get some before Zach does, yeah. right? Or I would have been the food police. Now, Zach, you've already had some today. And it wouldn't have really have been out of concern for his health. It would have been like, if you eat this twice, I'm not going to get some. when I want to have it later tonight. And so that, that has been a shift as well. And I've been buying it every single week. It's always out there. And there have been many nights where I was like, oh, I don't care which yeah. is, is strange because I would have been thinking about it in years. Yeah.
2: Often we believe our questions mean we don't have faith, but I believe Jesus loves our questions. Our questions are windows into heaven. I'm Caden Fabrizio. And on the questions with Caden podcast, we ask and answer one question per episode as relevantly and biblically as possible. Questions about fear, anxiety, depression, addiction, and so much more. Don't worry, your questions, they're not going to scare Jesus. So ask away. Listen and subscribe now at lifeaudio.com or wherever you listen to podcasts. The Historical Jesus Podcast is the sweeping saga of the life and times of Galilean Jesus of Nazareth, as well as the faith, religion, and church founded to honor and disseminate his acts and teachings. Join me, Mark Vinette, on this fascinating journey through time, exploring the many great works of Christian theology, literature, architecture, music, and art inspired by the words and deeds of Jesus Christ.
0: So that's like, Heather, you're a grown woman, you can (laughs) go buy ice cream whenever you want. Yeah. You don't have to get it before him because we can go to the store and get it tomorrow. You can have it delivered if you'd like.
1: <laughs> yep. Yep. It's, it's available.
0: Yeah. yeah and like, that, that's what happened with the Halloween candy. Like you have permission to eat it. Sure. You weren't really enjoying it. So you move on with your life. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Well, the other weird thing, just kind of a, a general concept is I mean, it's, it's, it's laughable to say it out loud, but I think listeners are going to understand. It's just so weird. How, if you eat breakfast, lunch, and a snack in the afternoon, how you don't have to eat huge portions of dinner and for the rest of the evening, like it's a very strange phenomenon. It's like someone should come up with a diet that prescribes you to eat a satisfying breakfast, lunch and snack and dinner without restricting calories. And then it'll be amazing. What happens in the evening? I mean, and and I'm being a little sarcastic, but, but it does blow my mind. Yeah. I believed every like all the different diet rules I had accumulated over the decades, really right on up to the point of intermittent fasting, right? Because Mm -hmm. kind of that's been the most recent trend and that trend is, is probably the biggest assault to breakfast, right? And maybe even to lunch too, Um, but, but incorporating all those things made me so snacky and hungry. And, uh, you know, Amy Carlson would say bingy, right. Just like, like, Oh, I just, I got to have something like, cause you were hungry. I was hungry. Right. It wasn't a self quote unquote self-control issue. It wasn't a quote unquote willpower issue. Mm -hmm. It was physiological. I spent the whole day without any energy and guess what? My body wanted to eat something (laughs) and all the things. So that's, that's been in, you know, I think I read, I'm, I'm kind of a little bit more of an intellectual in some of these things. Right. So I can like read and Mm -hmm. agree and I'm like, I'm going to try it. I'm going to do it. But like my mind is always like, yeah, but this might not work for you. (laughs) Right. Like you're always like a cynic or a skeptic about like, yeah, okay. This totally makes sense to me in principle, but is this actually going to work and, yeah. and then, especially in that season, probably when we first started these calls, it's like, okay, I'm I'm all in. My faith is, my faith is in that this is probably like the place I need to go. But I don't know. Maybe mm-hmm. I'm the only one. It won't work for. Maybe this is wrong. Maybe I just need to go back to a diet
0: because I know how they work. And yeah, huh. you've come a long way. <laughs> yes, I have. <laughs> yes, so- I have what are you noticing with food and intuitive eating right now?
1: Yeah. So the one thing that stuck out to me just this past week was I think hormonal changes, midlife hormonal changes. Mm -hmm. I now get this fabulous headache Mm -hmm. the week before day before, sometimes my period. Mm -hmm. And um, it's one of those fun all day headaches. And I always wake up. This is a bad habit. And I I shared this on the show before, but you know, for so many years, I blamed everything on food. Right. So I would wake up thinking, what did I eat yesterday that gave me Mm a headache? Right. And I I think I shared before that I recognized that sometimes I get headaches because I used hairspray the day before and I'm actually allergic to hairspray and it didn't have anything to do with the food because I tried every variable. Um, but I still wake up and I'm like, okay, what did I do? Like, what did I do to cause this headache? And then as the headache goes on, it's like, oh, oh, okay. Now this is just, this is a monthly thing. This is a hormonal headache. But I found when I have a headache, I'll sit at my desk and I'll feel the pain and I'll go to the kitchen. And I think before I would have just like started, like I would have eaten something to try to like numb the pain. Mm-hmm. and this is post Tylenol. I'm not against pain medication. I mean, yeah, I I've never taken a Tylenol the head still hurts. Um, and I, but I go and I, this week I just go and I'd kind of walk around the kitchen and be like, my head hurts. Like I'm not really hungry and it comes to down, but like, I found myself doing it like compulsively. I don't know. I probably oh. did it like six or seven times. And finally, like the sixth or seventh time I'm like, this is stupid. Like, I'm just going to go lay down like, like that's actually, I probably just need to go fall asleep for 10 minutes and that'll probably knock this thing out. And, and so recognizing that for me was kind of a big deal. It's like, Oh, that's a time when I would have eaten before.
0: Yeah. I think what you just pointed out too, that was so cool is like, uh, you, you would have gone to the kitchen and started eating and we're talking about like escaping the pain, right. Or like numbing some of that, but it's also like, like, you know, like it's some like false way of maybe tricking your body into thinking that it's meeting a need so that you can force yourself to keep being productive instead of actually going and doing what your body needed you to do. And so you know now you're walking into the kitchen and you have this awareness around hunger and fullness and what you want and so maybe like the getting to the kitchen was this old pathway right but once you were there the other stuff kicked in and then finally you're like okay clearly i need something i keep getting up and leaving like what do i actually need what do i actually need and it's not that if you would have chose to eat a little something before your nap, that even if you weren't necessarily hungry, that that would have been bad. It's not the, the goal is that we're like consciously getting aware of what do I need?
1: Yeah. Yeah. And that's been a big step. Yeah. I I mean, I, I really think we underestimate how much years and decades of dieting disconnects us from feeling appropriate feelings around food, right? Like, like, what does it actually feel like to be hungry? And then, but, but this kind of, you know, it's the holidays, right? I mean, the holidays are here and, and I think I'm still like struggling maybe a little bit around the concept of what does it mean to be hungry for something, right? Like, Ooh. well, cause I'm adding the word for, right? Like, so there, I know what it means to be hungry. Okay. But when I'm hungry for something, right, like what's, is there a line where, like, I know the intuitive eating answer is, you know, everything is okay, but how do I, and boy, I'm really butchering the way I want to ask this question. My thoughts are all over the place, but what's the difference between being hungry for something and being hungry?
0: Is that do you have any thoughts, Aaron?
2: Uh, I was thinking the answer is satisfaction with that. Like, if you're hungry for something salty and you choose to eat something sweet or bland, you're not you're not scratching that itch. You were hungry for something salty, so it's kind of pushing you in a direction of what is going to satisfy me. Which is another way of asking, like, what need is being met here? It's like I need I need some satisfaction here. I'm going to choose a snack or a dessert or a treat or whatever it is that is going to satisfy me.
0: Yeah. Yep. I was thinking along the same thing. And like, when I think about uh, like the holidays coming up. um, Okay. So I make this cranberry apple relish. That's like all the spices and citrus in there. And I make it from scratch every year and i love it no one else seems to dig it i think it's the best thing ever and i always so there's always a bunch left over and i freeze it so as it's been getting cold i've been like oh man the cranberry relish like i'm feeling that i'm hungry for that um and so but it's frozen right and i like to thaw I like it's cold i put it on toast or i put it on turkey sandwiches you guys with cream cheese oh so like I had to plan for that a little bit. Like I wanted that, it sounded good, right? Like I'm I want that and then it's like it's it's coming, it's here and like I know I'm going to have that for lunch and like I'm I'm going to have like physical hunger and eat what I really want to eat and that's going to be so satisfying. So sometimes something sounds good but you're full and so even though that sounds good, like eh, it's not going to be satisfying if I eat it because I'm already full. It's actually going to take away from my experience. So I think the the hungry for is you're really getting at like what's really going to be satisfying for me. And I think there's a difference between like that sounds good and like I am hungry for that, mm-hmm. like Because that includes the physical hunger in my mind. Yeah.
2: I think for the holidays too, the hungry for can also kind of push you in the direction of like the experience. Because maybe the -hmm. satisfaction you're really seeking for is that holiday vibe, that feeling that you get, you know, this time of year, blah, blah, blah. Like, so I think satisfaction has to go beyond that one moment the food is on your tongue. Like you're talking about what satisfies me and makes me feel well and good and nourished and enjoyable for the whole experience of eating. Like the before, during, after the anticipation of the awesome, awesome cranberry dish you were talking about, Char, and then how you feel afterwards. It's like if you uh, don't have physical hunger anymore and you're going to choose to eat it anymore. Like you are saying, it's taking away from your experience. It's like, eh, I don't feel so great. There's a way to do it where you can feel well and feel satisfied and have it good on your tongue and have the whole experience be good. It's just, you got to feel your way into that yeah. and let it look different than you think it's supposed to look.
0: Yeah. So like, ask the questions. Like, I, like, I really encourage people like to ask the questions about And I'm talking about food, but I'm talking about everything. Like, the way that you spend the holiday, what do you just do because that's what you've always done? What do you eat just because that's what you've always eaten? And, like, is it, like, really satisfying? Like, how can you really, really uh oh gosh the word that I am coming from want the word that I want is so good and it will not come to my head but like how can you like really relish in like the beauty like take delight in the Mm. gifts of this holiday like in God's gifts of the food and the people and the you know like my family typically will like have mimosas Christmas morning and I always just did it and it Mm. took away from my entire Christmas because it would make me sleepy Mm. and like If I just don't do that, Mm. I really enjoy Christmas a whole lot more. And that's not restriction. It's just like really asking like what helps me have satisfaction this day and like really delight in the beauty of it.
1: Yeah. And as you guys are talking, I'm just thinking about like it's a whole shift and it's not necessarily from the intuitive eating book. I would say it's probably more from the Bible book, Mm -hmm. Um, but it's It's a whole, it's a whole shift in how you think about food, right? That food is a good gift and it's okay to enjoy it versus food is bad. Food is going to get me, food is going to make me fat. Watch out for food, watch out for food. And, Mm -hmm. you know, going into the holidays, I just have to believe that, you know, we have a choice, right? We can either be Stressed out, oh no, here comes the food. We're gonna have six weeks of food, or <laughs> you know whatever, mm-hmm. like ah, help me save me from the food, or like, wow, like there's gonna be some great like food to celebrate with, and I get the opportunity to enjoy what I wanna enjoy and say no to what I wanna say no to and glorify God and all I eat and drink, <laughs> right? Yeah. Like to, to truly celebrate with food. And I, I don't know. I just, I, I, I feel like that's kind of a revolutionary concept for a lot of people.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I know that it is. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it comes back to some of the stuff that we talked about before with the mental restriction or like the last supper mentality, like the holidays are special. This only comes once a year. So I need to get it all now. Or you might even have in your head like next holiday season, I'm not going to give into this. Right. So maybe it really is the last time that you're going to have it in your head. And I think this gets easier as you get older, maybe, I don't know, but like the years go faster and faster. Like Mm -hmm. next Christmas, will be here before I know it. We will be having this meal again before I know it. Um, So really working on stripping away like the deprivation, Mm -hmm. even if it's just mental, right? Or like the scarcity in it. And then like really asking the question of what is going to be the most satisfying? Mm -hmm. Like, how Mm -hmm. can I, like, I think about like Christmas is like a Sabbath. Mm -hmm. Like, how can I like Sabbath, like Mm. delight in the Lord with these gifts of food. And when he sat back and rested, he said like, oh, this is very good. Yeah. He delighted in the goodness of it. So like what, how, how can eating be a part of your delight Mm. in the goodness of the gifts?
1: Yeah, that's good. And also it just makes me sad because how many of us were trained or like are are getting like the Instagram memes because of the people we follow or getting the emails in our Mm -hmm. inboxes that are like telling us ways to like watch out for the food or ways to, you know, avoid the food or, you know, how you'll have a better Christmas. If you, you know, say no, (laughs) like the restriction will make you feel good. And, and I mean, okay. Like, honestly, there is something to that, Right. Because you do feel this great sense of like pride and
0: self-righteousness. <laughs>
1: self-righteousness is exactly the word I was going to use. Right. Like the self-righteousness is like exploding when you're mm. the person who says no to the treats. Right. But for me, what would always happen is I would do that self-righteous thing, like very humbly, of course. Um, you know, oh, like, oh no, no, I couldn't have any, right? Which is what like C.S. Lewis talks C.S. about, Lewis. the gluttony of delicacy. Yeah. Right. But I would do that thing, but then, like, I would get home and be thinking about all the things I didn't eat, and be trying to meet that need for all the things I didn't eat, and then kind of be like, have this low-level anger. It's like, oh man, I don't have any of that like specific thing here, and so all I have to eat here is peanut butter. <laughs> so you know, it it, it always backfired. But I, I really hope anyone listening today can just feel a new sense of joy and freedom Mm -hmm. to not go into the holidays with that kind of food is bad uh, mentality. Cause I just, I don't think that's biblical. Do you? No, no. And that
2: diet mentality really reduces the holidays to food. Mm -hmm. That is not what it's about. We've made it all about food when we're just focusing on the fear the stress mm. managing it,
1: yeah. F- food or ourselves, right? Yeah. like it's about me, yeah. So, it turn, well, it turns I, the whole focus inward, right? Right, actually, this isn't necessarily holiday specific, but <laughs> this did happen in my home. I think it was just last week. Uh, my husband, we were having spaghetti, and I had made garlic bread, and my husband was like, I'm so glad we're done with the days of no garlic bread. <laughs> <laughs> yes. and, and the kids like the kids didn't remember that. But um yeah, Eric was like, you know, yeah, you know, we didn't have garlic bread for a long time. And I'm so glad those days are over. So yeah. 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 Oh, well, man. do you guys have like some holiday support that you're offering to to folks?
0: Yeah. So in the Intuitive Eating for Christian Women membership. We have meetups uh, at least once a week um, for all the members. And so, of course, we have some great holiday things coming up. We have some that are just fellowship. We have some that are like really checking in on how you're doing through the holidays. We have some that are teaching principles of intuitive eating and and faith with looking at food through the holidays. So you can join the membership for only a dollar. So if you're not in our membership, um, you can join that for just a dollar for the holiday. So try it for Thanksgiving. That is affordable. (laughs) Yeah. I also know if you, if
1: maybe you need more than just a little support, maybe it's not just intuitive eating. Maybe it's like, I actually might have an eating disorder and this is becoming more real to me. I know finding balance has a holiday program. Um, and you know, I know Shar Aaron, or myself, we'd all be happy to connect you to someone who can help you specifically with that. Don't, don't let another holiday season go by facing that alone. You get help for that. Well, any final thoughts today, y'all, as we kind of close up?
2: I was just happy to hear uh, your lived experience examples, Heather, because I know you can be so in your head and intellectual about it. So it's like <laughs> you have proved it to yourself. And sometimes that's the only way to learn. And so I think that's very encouraging and hopeful for people. It's like, sometimes you just got to learn this the hard way by doing it.
1: <laughs> and it's, it is so messy. I mean, I feel like that's what I'm telling people all the time, you know, coming out of diet culture, we want it to be neat. We want it to be like, I'm just gonna do it right. Yeah. <laughs> I'm never gonna make a mistake. And it's so, so messy. But but that has been another big part of my learned experience is just like making the mess and then being like, Oh, you know what? It's okay. <laughs> I you know, it's all right. I messed that up. <laughs> I didn't, I was not hungry or, you know, whatever. I wasn't wasn't listen to my body and I you know did that thing but okay that's all right
0: mm. yeah it's yeah. all learning
1: yeah yeah sure is well thank you all for being on the show today of course Erin can you tell everyone like where they can connect with you all yeah. into the show
2: yes everything under the sun is at intuitive eating for you can find the podcast the membership all the things right there
1: And I would be remiss if I didn't mention that the three of us are part of a group that is doing, um, oh goodness, guys, what did we decide to call it? Renew your, renew your health workshop. Workshop. Okay. (laughs) So we're going to be talking about lots of big topics that come up all the time for women as they're struggling with body image and food issues. Um, Erin, what what are you talking about? So my uh, topic is stewardship. So that's a pretty good, exciting one. That's right, and I'm talking about the false gospel of weight loss. And I know Shar's talking about the G word.
0: The exciting, <laughs> exciting G
1: word. It's gluttony, gluttony. In case you're like going through your list of G words in your head, like what's the G word? Uh, <laughs> so, and I know there's some. There's what? There's some. Uh, there's seven or eight of us, so it's going to well, be. It's going to be really good, uh, really good, too. And there'll be more information coming out about that. I think we're going to launch in January. So that might be something to look for. Yeah. Well, thank you all for being on the show today. I uh, appreciate it.
0: Thanks for having us. Yeah. yeah.
1: Thank you for watching or listening today. I hope something today has helped you stop comparing and start living. Bye-bye. The Compare Show is proud to be part of the Life Audio Podcast Network. For more great Christian content, go to lifeaudio.com.
0: Hi, I'm Zach. And I'm Randy. And we're from Salty Saints Podcast. we a theology and apologetics podcast. To find out more, subscribe
2: at lifeaudio.com.